podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Boys and girls, two-footed podcast on Friday, June the 3rd, brought to you by EPLindex.com and our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. A virtual privacy network allows you to go online, change your location, access things you otherwise geoblock from, while also keeping your data safe. Check out LibertyShield.com and use the code EPL25 to get 25% off at checkout. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, a giftware and homeware company located in Scotland, but shipping worldwide. Check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk. And finally, do check out the Anfield Index and EPL Index shops, which you can find on Etsy. Use the code RED10 on Anfield Index, EPL10 on EPL Index, and get all your football merchandising needs taken care of. Right, folks, we are finishing off the squad needs for the teams who took part in this past Premier League season. So today we've got Southampton, we've got Tottenham, we've got Watford, West Ham and Wolverhampton Wanderers. Now, we'll start with the Saints and the first port of call has got to be a starting goalkeeper. Fraser Forster has left the club, he's going to Spurs. Alex McCarthy is a fine goalkeeper, but he is a backup. He's not a starting caliber goalkeeper. Neither is Willie Caballero. Neither is Harry Lewis. They he's actually Harry Lewis is leaving as well. He's going to Bradford. They've got to buy a starting goalkeeper this summer. I think they're fine at the fullback spots. They've got Walker Peters and Livermento at right back. Livermento's got the knee injury, but he'll be back next season. I think that's actually one of the better right-back combinations in the league. They've got Roman Perot, who I thought showed signs of fitting in well in the Premier League, and Thierry Small, the left-back they got from Everton last summer. So I think they're good at left-back. There's also Jan Valery knocking about. He could fill in until Livermento comes back, but he, I think he's had a contract this summer, so it might be worth extending him for a year. And or even two years, having him as cover for Livermento and then selling him on maybe next summer. He's only 23. There's still plenty to come from him. He's shown plenty of talent going forward. He played 11 games this past season. He can play both sides. He's also played a bit of centre-back, though he's not great defensively. I do quite like him as a player and he's homegrown as well, which is important. So I'd be looking to keep him for the next year anyway, to cover for Livermento's absence, but I think they're good at at fullback at center back. Bednarak is good. I think Salisu could become outstanding 
Leanko, I'm not a big fan of, but they spent money on him last summer. And Jack Stevens, to me, is a fifth centre-back. I would be looking to bring in a centre-back. Now, assuming he's going to play back four again next year, I'd probably just look for a reliable backup as opposed to going and spending money on a starter because money will be tied at Saints this summer as it always is. But I think there's a possibility there to get a good backup centre-back in. I'd go for a lefty because, again, as with Arsenal, as I talked with the other day, when you've got a left-footed centre-back who's important in your build-up play and he's not there, your build-up play changes. So a backup left-footed centre-back would be very, very helpful. Uh, In midfield, they've got to add one. Romeo's solid. I think there's a lot of potential for Diallo, Ibrahima Diallo, to become a very good player. He's just not quite there yet. Ward-Prowse is the starter. They need to add one more. You've got to have more than three central midfielders. You just have to. And you could see it towards the end of the season that they really started to get worn down in there. Now, I know they like Will Smallbone, but he's not ready. He's not physical enough at the moment to play in central midfield in the Premier League. So I think you've got to go and add one in central midfield. It can be a squad player. It doesn't have to be a starter. But get somebody there who can take minutes from the others and not have them be run into the ground come the end of the season. In the line behind the strikers in that box midfield, that 4-2-2-2, they've got options, but none of them are great. I mean, it's time for Nathan Redmond to be moved on. One goal all season, and it took a big deflection. Stuart Armstrong gets injured too often. Gineppo, wildly inconsistent. Nathan Talla, young, still inconsistent. I thought El Yanusi had a good season at times. Theo Walcott needs to be moved on. I'd look to bring in one, a definite starter in that line. And then I think you can fill the other position with what you've got. You can rotate Gineppo and El Yanusi and Tella if you need to. But get yourself one starting attacking midfielder. And then you need one up front because... Brohia was outstanding for them. He's gone. They've got Che Adams. I think he's a, a good third striker. They spent big money on Adam Armstrong last summer. He had a, ba- a bad season. Two goals in 28 appearances. Not good enough. They've got to get in a starting striker. I think they can make do depth-wise with... You know, the likes of Gineppo, the likes of Alianusi, the likes of Tala, they can fill in there if needed. But I'd be looking for a starting striker for certain. So starting goalkeeper, backup centre-back, backup midfielder, starting attacking midfielder, and a starting striker. And I'm hoping then that Armstrong kicks on. If not, Adams can partner. Adams can partner pretty much any kind of striker. And then Armstrong could be the third one. My assumption is that Shane Long leaves this summer. I think they need to shed 
the likes of Walcott. Maybe you keep Redmond around for one more year just because of his versatility. But it's time to move on from some of those players who really don't offer much. I mean, Theo Walcott played nine times in the league, four of them off the bench. What are you paying him big money for? And where's the academy gone at Southampton? They used to be one of the best academies in England. And you look through the squad. Jack Stevens came from the academy. He's, I think, 26 or 27 now. He's 28. Ward Prowse was from the academy. He's got to be around the same. He's 27, 28 later this year. Will Smallbone is from the academy. He's 22. Okay, so that's one. Nathan Tellers from the academy. He's 22. And he was actually in Arsenal's academy initially. Um, they got him at 18. So I'm not really sure he's really an academy, um, an academy player for them. Harry Lewis, the, the goalkeeper who's away. Uh, Kegs Cork, I don't know much about. Like, th- this academy doesn't produce at the same level it used to. Um, Jan Valerie was in their academy as well, but still, uh, you need more out of that academy. You've got a big talent pool down there. That's got to be producing more. Um, but yeah, five for Southampton. Starting goalkeeper, backup centre midfielder, or backup centre-back starting attacking midfielder and a starting striker. Tottenham. So they've signed Fraser Forster, who for me is nothing more than a third goalkeeper when you're a club like Spurs, a top club. I'd be looking to bring in a backup goalkeeper who can be my future number one to replace Hugo Lloris in a year. A little bit like the Leicester situation with Casper that I went over on Wednesday. Um, Right wing back, they've got Doherty. He's always hurt. They've got Emerson Royale, who got better as the season went on. For me, I'd sell Doherty and I'd buy a starting right wing back. That would be the move for me. Left wing back, they have Regulon, they have Sessignon, and they've added Perisic. Now, he is an excellent player, but he is 33. My assumption here is that Regulon is sold or Sessignon is loaned, but they won't do anything else at that position in terms of bringing anyone in. They need two starting centre-backs without question. You've got Romero, you need two to go with him. You've got to get someone in the middle because Eric Dyer just isn't it. And you've got to get a left-sided one. Dyer can be the backup in the middle. Davies the backup on the left. I keep Tangangas the backup on the right, as I've said before. I think he's promising. I think stylistically, he's the closest they have to Romero. I'd look to sell Davinson and I would look to sell Joe Roden. Cameron Carter-Vickers is another one who can go, but he was on loan this season. So doesn't count towards anything. Uh, in midfield, you've got Heusberg, you've got Winks, you've got Benton Coeur, you've got Skip. 
Lacelso, it looks like, will join uh, Villarreal on a permanent deal. The Endembele loan at Leon did not work. But I, so my assumption is he will be sold. Um, I would probably look to buy a starting midfielder to partner Bentoncourt and maybe sell Harry Winks. It's not a necessity, but it is something I would do. And up front, you've got Son, you've got Mora, you've got Kulisevsky, you've got Brian Hill. I think you're set on the wings, even if Bergwijn goes, which it looks like he will. You've got Kane, you don't have a backup, you need to get a backup for Harry Kane. Now, with Spurs, the aim is going to be, and this might sound ludicrous, but the aim is going to be to win the league. Because you've got Antonio Conte, you've got Harry Kane and Youngman's son in their prime. You've got to build a team that can at least compete for the title. It likely won't happen next season, but they've got to stay in the top four, have a decent run in Europe, and have a bash at winning the Cups. To do that, I think they need three starters, a starting right wing back and two starting centre-backs. To get to that league title level, that's where you're going to need that starting central midfielder as well. You've got to upgrade in there on Heusberg. The future number one and the backup striker, I think they're necessities for next season. So it's five slash six, and that's what it is. Um, moving on to Watford, the weirdest club in, I think, Europe, probably. Um So... Ben Foster is leaving. Um, and I don't think it's a big loss to anybody. Daniel Bachman is still there. Rob Elliott is still there. They've got young Pontus Dahlberg, the young Swedish goalkeeper, and Okoye, the young Nigerian goalkeeper. I think he's the first choice for next season. So I don't think they need to address goalkeeper. I think Okoye can be the one moving forward. I quite like Jeremy Ngakia. I think there's something there with him. I think he's a wing back more than a winger or more than a fullback. But I'd be okay going into next season with him. Uh you've got to bin off Danny Rose, Truce to Kong. How's he got four three years left in his deal? Messina. Hassan Kamara and Messina at left back is probably fine. You're probably all right with that. Um, and you do have Kiko Femenia contracted for the two years. So I'd probably leave fullback alone. Uh, but centre-back has to be addressed. Samir is good enough to start. Seralta is good enough to start. Matt Pollock I do like as a long-term one. But you can't have the likes of Craig Cathcart, Kabi Aselli and Truce Kong playing anymore. They're just not good enough. They're just not good enough. It's time to move on. Depending on the shape, I think they need two centre-backs. So I'm going to put down two centre-backs. Now, it may well be that they'll play a back four, in which case the full-backs aren't as, I, as ideal. But I'm hopeful that the new manager will look at it and think back three is what these players are more suited to. Could be one centre-back if Seralta can stay fit. 
Uh, in midfield, Imran Lusa is excellent. I'd be surprised if he doesn't have offers to leave. Um, but he's about the only thing I do like about the midfield. Now, Kayambe might be better in the championship than he was in the Premier League. But we'll wait and see. Tom Cleverley, Dan Gosling, Musa Soko. You need to say goodbye to these lads. Uh, Domingos Quina should feature next season. He had a good season on loan. Uh, Tom Deli Bashuru, I assume he'll play a role. I'd be looking to bring in at least one starting midfielder. And then an attack. Josh King is fine. Joe Pedro is really good. Uh, Ken Sema is not good. Ishmael Asar will be sold. Emmanuel Dennis will be sold. Samuel Kalu, I expect to play a big part next season. And Kucho Hernandez, I expect to play a big part. Quadro Ba, hugely talented. Next season should see him getting a lot of minutes as well. I'd look to bring in, depending on Zinkernagel, if he comes back, I'd probably leave the attack alone, even if I lose Sar and Dennis. If he doesn't come back, I'd look to get in a creative player into that final third. So I'm going to leave it as it is for now. Two centre-backs and a midfielder. It's a much better squad than what we saw this season, other than at central defence. The defence all year was a mess, but there was decent players in midfield. Well, one decent player in midfield in Lusa, And really good attacking options. I don't think the fullbacks were as offensive as people thought. I'd look for three for Watford. They'll probably bring in 14 because they're Watford, but I'd look for three. I don't think it needs massive amounts of surgery. So Guy is pointing out that the, the new Watford manager, Rob Edwards, played 3-4-1-2 at Forest Green. So you can imagine Samir on the left of that with two new partners joining him. Maybe you do bring in a right wing back. Do you know what? We'll put it down. I'll go back up right wing back. I'd give Ngaki a, a try, but I'll go back up right wing back and maybe just let Kiko Femenia go. I think they're fine left wing back with Kamara and Messina. Lusa plus one in midfield. And then you've got the collection of Kayambe, Cleverly, Gosling. They can fill in. I assume Musa Sissoko leaves. Um, Domingos Quina is more of an attacking midfielder. So him and Zinkernagel in that sort of number 10 role, that can work. And then you've got Joe Pedro, Samuel Kalou, Hernandez, Ba, Penaranda, who I'd love to see them finally give a chance to. Now, I don't know if he's got a work permit, but he's very, very talented. That's probably what I'd do. Yeah, four. Three starters and a backup right wing back. But get someone that could become the starter, just in case Ngaki doesn't kick on. Um, and make sure Danny Rose isn't at your club next season. Uh, West Ham United. Now, the squad cost them massively this season, the lack of depth. 
So that's something they need to address. But first port of call would be a starting goalkeeper. It does look like they're going to turn the Alphonse Ariola deal into a permanent one. So if they do, that addresses that problem. Fabianski can then become your backup and then Darren Randolph is fine as your third choice keeper. Uh, but starting goalkeeper is a necessity. At right back, you've got Sufal, who's very, very good. And you've got Ben Johnson, who I think is going to be very good. So you're good there. At left back, you've only got Cresswell. Masuak is a wing back and he's not good enough. You need a starting left back and make Cresswell the depth player. At centre-back, I know Craig Dawson had a decent season, but he just wouldn't be for me. It just wouldn't be for me. Too slow, makes errors. No, not for me. Albano's going to miss quite a bit of the season by the looks of it with the knee injury, but he's a solid backup. You've got Zuma as a starter, obviously. I'd keep Isidi up. He's been linked with moves away, but I'd keep him at least for one more year, and I'd buy a starter to go next to um, Zuma. If I can get James Tarkovsky, I'm absolutely doing that. In midfield, you've got to find depth. The Alex Crowell thing didn't work. I think they need two backup central midfielders because Noble is retiring and hasn't been good enough in a couple of years. So you've only got Rice and Suchek and they were running on fumes by March, let alone May. So you've got to buy two for depth there. In the line behind the striker, you've got Fornals, you've got Vlasic, you've got Lanzini, you've got Ben Rama, you've got Bowen. I'd look to bring in one. Um, Yarmolenko's going, so I'd look to bring in one who can be a backup to Bowen. The kid they've been linked with from Hull, he could be the option. So backup winger, and they need a backup striker. Oh, do they need a backup striker or a starting striker? I kind of feel like they need a starting striker and make Antonio the backup. And I feel like they, they want to do that as well because they have gone for a couple of big-name strikers. Now, it means seven players, which is a lot. But I think it's necessary. I really do think it's necessary. Starting goalkeeper, starting left back, starting centre back. Ariola for about eight million can solve your goalkeeper. Tarkovsky on a Bosman can solve the centre back. You can find a good left back out there. Maybe try and bring Aaron Hickey back to the UK. Um, massive upside with him. And you can guarantee him starting football. I think he'd be quite happy with that. Two backup centre midfielders, a backup winger, and a back and as a starting striker. Even if it's a, like a long-term starting striker, who's not necessarily going to be first choice next year, but maybe is the year after. But someone to take the load off Antonio and mean that Bowen doesn't have to get shoved in there. Because that that thing of changing two places to fill one, for me, it just doesn't work. Um so yeah, seven for West Ham. And then Wolves. So John Ruddy's gone. You've got Jose Sa as your goalkeeper, but you're going to need a backup goalkeeper. 
that's got to be the first port. Well, not doesn't have to be the first port of call, but that's one thing that's going to need to be addressed is a backup goalkeeper. Um, and then you're probably fine with the young keepers you've got at the club in terms of a, ter- a third choice. I think he wants to play a back four next year, but we're going to stick with what he's done this year, which is the the 3-4-3 or 3-4-2-1 as it was. Right wing back, you've got Nelson Semedo and you've got Keanu Hoiver. Now, again, I think both of them are more suited to playing in the back four, but I think you're you're fine in that position. Left side, you've got Aitan Uri and you've got Johnny. You're fine. You can let Mark Howell go. You don't need to replace him. At centre-back, they've got Max Kilman. They've got Toti Gomez. Only Max Kilman as a starter. They do have Connor Cody. They've got Willie Bolly. I'd be curious to see what, um, what Mascara can do next season. He obviously missed a big chunk of the year with injuries. I'd be curious to see what he can do next season. But for me, if you're playing a back three, you need two starting centre-backs. If you're playing a back four, which I think is what he wants to do, you need one. But because they've played a back three all year, I'm going to stick with that. We're going to go two starting centre-backs. You need a starting midfielder to partner Ruben Neves. You need a dynamic box-to-box type of ball winner. Um, I think you're fine in terms of depth. You've got Den Donker. I think Matinho probably sticks around another year. Uh, Luke Cundall looked decent in limited time. Morgan Gibbs-White will come back off his loan, and I'd expect to see him feature more heavily next season. Up front, you've got Neto. I would look to keep Trinket. Now, there's been reports that they're not going to, but I absolutely would. I think he showed enough to warrant making that deal permanent. I don't think the cost would be would be prohibitive, prohibitive either. Um, I'd look to buy a starting striker. And Trinkau. So he's a starting winger. Because I'd want Trinkau, that new striker, and Neto as my front three. With a backup three, say, of Pudence... Jimenez and Huang, and then lone Fabio Silva. Somewhere he's going to get a lot of minutes. But the boy isn't ready for Premier League football yet. Now, it's a lot. Again, it's six, it's five starters. It's less if they go 4-2-3-1. It's one centre-back, one in midfield, a right winger and a striker. Pedence can be your number 10. So if they wanted to do that, which is I think what he does want to do, I think they're better off. But yeah, I've got six as things stand. Uh, I'm going to take a break. When we come back, we will go through the news and the gossip and we'll be out of here nice and early today. I will see you in a sec.
Right, welcome back. Just to correct something I said yesterday, I said that Villa had filled three of their needs and no one else had done anything. And that's obviously not quite the truth. So when I did Manchester City, I said they only had two needs. In truth, they had more than that. They've bought Haaland, they've bought Alvarez. So they filled those. Liverpool bought Fabio Carvalho. They needed a backup on the left wing. They did that. So add him to, you know, Liverpool's needs, which takes it from three to four. It means they've completed one of the four. Leeds needed a starting attacking midfielder. They got Brandon Aronson, uh, Brandon Aronson in. So he fills that. So they've completed one of seven. Um, so, yeah, that's that's where we land on the season thus far, or the summer thus far. Villa have three of their seven needs filled. Arsenal, none of their six. Brentford, none of the seven. Brighton, none of the five. Burnley, none of the six. Chelsea, none of their four. Crystal Palace, zero of six. Everton, zero of five. Leeds, one of seven. Leicester, zero of three. Liverpool, one of four. City, two of four. United, zero of five. Newcastle, zero of six. Norwich, zero of four. Southampton, zero of five. Actually, I've... Yeah, Spurs, one of seven because they brought in Fraser Forster. Watford, none of four. Southampton, none of seven. And Wolves, none of six. So just to keep a track on where we stand with these things. Right, moving on. We have some news. Daniel Sturridge has been released by Perth side, sorry, by Australian side, Perth Glory. Um, He's just had one injury after another, unfortunately. They finished bottom of the A-League, four wins from 26 games. Very little of that was his fault. Um, It's a shame that it didn't work out with him at Trabs on score. He's a very good player. Still, you can see it in him, but the injuries, I just think, have they've spoiled what should have been a great, great career. Like, Daniel Sturridge is more talented than Harry Kane. There's just no doubt about it, but injuries absolutely spoiled what should have been one of the great careers. Uh, I hope, I hope he finds a club and has success, wherever it is. Just go and play anywhere and have success. Um, Alex Lacazette will leave Arsenal when his contract expires at the end of this month. And Mikel Oteta said he's been a fantastic player for us. Now, I saw on Twitter yesterday a lot of back and forth among different factions of the Arsenal fan base in terms of whether or not he was a success. And when you look at just goal numbers, you would say no. No, he has not been a success because he simply hasn't scored enough. Um, all told, 71 goals in 206 games. 14 in 32, 13 in 35, 10 in 30, 13 in 31, and 4 in 30 in the league. Um, 19 goals in 49 games was his best return. That was 18-19. And I saw some Arsenal fans say, well, you know, like he played with Alexis, he played with Osel. How's he not scored more goals? And I think the problem here is that 
Arsenal fans don't really realise the type of player that Lacazette is. If you go back and look at his Leon numbers, he had two seasons where he scored for fun. Um, the oh, the 14, 15 and 16, 17 seasons. But before that, he got 10 and 43, 4 and 37, 22 and 54, 31 and 40, 23 and 44, 37 in 54. I would say those 30 goal seasons were outliers. I would say Lacazette at his very, very best was more of a facilitator than a goal scorer. And I think Emery realized that. And Emery's plan was Nicola Pepe on the right, Lacazette through the middle, Aubameyang on the left. What does that remind you of? Well, to me, it reminds me of Aubameyang as the Salah, Pepe, whose numbers, by the way, at Lille were almost identical across the board to Sadio Mane at Southampton, inverted, and then Lacazette as the facilitator, as the Firmino. The problem is Arsenal didn't have the quality delivery from their fullbacks or the stability in midfield to make it work. And also... Despite Emery envisioning that, he went away from it as soon as results started to go against him. He went overly cautious. So I think that was his plan. That Pepe would be 17 to 22 goals a season and act as a creator. Lacazette would be the main facilitator in that attack with his his movement, his link play. And he'd get, you know, 12 to 15 goals and 10 assists. And then Aubameyang would get you 30 goals a season the same way Salah does for Liverpool. I think that's what he wanted. It just didn't work out. Now, it could have worked if he'd been given more time, if he'd been given maybe a bit better backing. I know they spent a fortune on on Pepe, so you can't say they didn't back him, but... Remember that deal is structured weirdly and they're going to pay for it for the next, I don't know, 20 years or something. But I do think that's what, what they had planned. And I do think it could have worked. I think Lacazette's a very good player. Um, it looks like he might go back to Leon, which hilariously... Someone retweeted an interaction between Antoine Griezmann and Lacazette from three years ago where Griezmann was playing football manager with Arsenal in the 2022-23 season and Lacazette wasn't in the team. And Lacazette asked him, where am I? And Chris Mavinga, formerly of Liverpool, jumps in and says, after not playing enough in a certain season, you went back to your first love, Leon. And that may well be what turns out to happen. But yeah, he he obviously can't go down as a success because Arsenal spent a lot of money on him and he's leaving for free. Uh, but, you know, I, I just think he's been miscast for most of his years. I think him and Aubameyang would have worked quite well with Pepe if they'd had a better team around them. But unfortunately, it wasn't to be. Uh, you can pick your England team to face Hungary in the in the Nations League. Who cares about the Nations League? But 
Uh, so I'm going to do this. I'm going to pick Nick Pope and goal. Right back, we're going to pick Trent. Left back, we'll throw in James Justin. Centre-backs, Mark Guehi and Fakayo Tamore. Now, obviously, Trent, Guehi and Tamore are all picked on form. James Justin is picked because there's no other left-back in the squad. In midfield, we'll go Bellingham. We'll go Rice and we will go Mount. And up front, we'll go Saka. Kane, obviously. Sterling or Foden? Sterling or Foden? Foden. We'll go Foden. That's not a bad team. Pope, Trent, Gwehi, Tamore right side, Gwehi left side, Justin, Bellingham, Rice and Mount in midfield. Saka, Kane and Foden in attack. That's not bad at all. I actually think that would work. That right side of Trent, Bellingham and Saka, that would be outstanding. I think that left side of Justin... Mount and Foden, I think that would work well. You could also swap Foden to the right and put Saka left. But I think you need a natural left footer there with two right footers behind them. Justin's going to come in field. Mount wants to break centrally. So Foden's drifting left. I think that would work. And it's a strong spine with Pope, Tamori Guehi, Rice and Harry Kane. I think that is potentially the best team England have from this current squad. Um, I would say Joe Gomez over Mark Guehi if we're picking the best England eleven, But the rest of that might actually be what I'd pick. It genuinely... Raheem Sterling probably should be in, but if you're putting him in, I think you put him in for one of Foden or Saka, you put him on the right, you put the other one on the left to keep that left side width. Uh, but yeah, that's what I would pick. Uh, right, we'll do the gossip. Oh, there's a piece here on the BBC website. It's worth a read. There's a video that comes with it that I'm not going to bother watching. But uh, it's basically about, you know, strikers who are coming to the Premier League or could come to the Premier League this season and a little bit to know about them. So Julian Alvarez is the first. Can I just say people should temper expectations on a 22-year-old coming from Argentina to the Premier League? Uh, next up then is Darwin Nunes. Then you've got Christopher Nkunku. Then you've got Hugo Ekatiki, who again, 19, let's temper expectations. He's not the next Mbappe. He's more similar to Martial stylistically. The Martial United ball, not the one they ruined. Uh, Usman Dembele. Reports, rumours and rumblings that he may end up at Chelsea. Um, I said I think they'll make a couple of splashy ones that won't be big fees. I think he could be one of them. And then Moussa Diaby of Bayer Leverkusen, who is an outstanding young player. Uh, so worth keeping an eye on him. Gossip-wise, Leon want to sign Lacazette. Yet yeah, we have that. Arsenal are still keen to sign Yuri Tielemans. We've known that. 
Manchester United are, are to be presented with the opportunity to sign Marco Asensio. That's like presenting someone with the opportunity to get slapped in the face. Barcelona are set to turn their attention to Romelu Lukaku. No, they're not. <laughs> no, no, they're not. Um, Manchester, United, Manchester City's Brazil forward Gabriel Jesus and Ukrainian defender Alexander Zinchenko could both leave this club, leave the club of the summer this summer, while England winger Raheem Sterling would only consider joining another elite club. Um, fair, I think Sterling has earned that right. Gabriel Jesus and Zinchenko, I do kind of expect them to rock up at the Emirates. Zinchenko, if he's the midfielder, I think that's actually a really good signing for them. Um, Jesus wouldn't be the striker I would buy for Arsenal, but his versatility, his link play, he's not a bad player at all, so he could be the one. I just don't think you're getting where you want to go with him as your primary nine, but maybe freed from the robotic nature of Pep, although Arteta is a bit robotic as well, maybe he'll do well. Uh, Arsenal have made Jesus the main target. Brentford have offered Christian playmaker, Chris, Danish playmaker Christian Eriksen a long-term contract and are waiting for a response. Um, I want him to stay there. I do. I want him to stay there. Paul Pogba is close to agreeing a return to Juventus. That one's been in the works for a while. Nathan Aki has been told he can leave Manchester City and that could pave the way for a move to Newcastle. So that could mean that City need uh, a centre-back. We'll update our list as we go through the summer if players move within the division. Sven Botman wants to leave Lille and says AC Milan and Newcastle are interested in signing him. He wants to go to Milan. He's been quite clear on that. If he joins Newcastle, I'm afraid it will be the money. Uh, Tottenham have been offered the chance to sign Thomas Suchek. No, they haven't. Football Insider telling the usual Football Insider lies. Roma would be interested in Jesse Lingard, but West Ham and Everton remain potential suitors. He would suit Everton. Uh, Leeds are set to sign Rasmus Christensen. That will address a big need for them. Relegated Burnley expect Ben Mee to leave this summer, creating a big hole with the vice-captain also leaving in James Tarkovsky. So that will be another need for Burnley. Now, I th- I think he's got a year left in his deal, so they'd have to agree to sell him. But I did mention there's a couple of clubs that could really do with that sort of experienced centre-back who could, you know, be your third or fourth option. Um, Everton are confident of signing Tarkovsky. Are they? Not sure why they would be. There's better clubs in for, for, for him. Uh, Argentina striker Latour Martinez insists he, want to st- he wants to stay it into Milan despite speculation linking him with a move away. Promoted Nottingham Forest could move for Will Smallbone, who would be allowed to move on loan next season. So if he goes on loan, Saints absolutely have to go and get a midfielder. Forest, Norwich and Huddersfield are plotting moves for Angiers, Cameroonian left-back Enzo Abose. Um, I don't know who that is. So that is me for today, folks. That is me for the week. I will see you all on Monday. Enjoy your weekend. And without meaning to 
upset the Welsh listeners. I really do hope Ukraine qualify for the World Cup. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.